nice and loud. Because we are controlling transmission with dance beats and R&B. You're in the mix with Lil Drama Girl. With your host, Dawn Marie. Hey, it's Dawn Marie here. Welcome back to Little Drummer Girl. Today, we have a super special guest. Her name is April Samuel. Not only is she a kick-ass drummer, she's also a philanthropist. April has written, performed, and recorded with over 30 bands, including working on an album with Matthew Johnson, formerly of Great Whites. In addition to playing drums, she records electric and acoustic guitars in her home studio since 2003. She ran a booking agency called 100 Proof Entertainment from 89 to 2010, where she booked over 50 regional bands handling as many as 13 at one time. And six years ago, April was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. She was so determined to kick cancer's butt, which she did, and she also created Breast Cancer Can Stick It Foundation. Her mission is to raise awareness and funds for cure by orchestrating energetic, unique, music-minded events that rock to ultimately stick it to breast cancer. Today, April has raised over $60,000. So without further ado, here's Rockin' April. How are you doing this evening? <laughs> wow, my life just passed right before my eyes, Don. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for taking time out of your crazy schedule to be here this evening. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's awesome. <laughs> Is it okay with you? Because we only have a short amount of time that we can, like, start locking out. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay, cool. So I know you are a kick-ass drummer. How old were you when you first began playing music? Um, you know, I got my first drumsticks when I was five, um, and I got a drum set and started taking lessons when I was 11. Nice. <laughs> Long time. <laughs> and did that also include sight reading, reading music? Um, yes, it did. Um, in oh. fact, I, I did a lot of uh, writing of drum music on my own when I was taking lessons back then. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could do that. It's one thing that I, I really dread that I can't do. But um, so... I mean, you got your first pair of drumsticks at five. Is it because you were fascinated by drums and you told your parents that you wanted them? How did you get them? You know, it's funny. I actually had a best friend whose brother played drums, and I was over their house all the time and saw that drum set. It was just really into it. Just thought it was the coolest thing. And then my cousin also had a drum set. So being around drums a lot when I was really young, it just really had an impact on me. My brother started taking guitar lessons, and one day when we took him in for his guitar lessons, which was at a music store, um, I was just, like, begging my mom to give me a pair of drumsticks when, and that's when I was five years old. And so it just wow. kind of went from there, and poor parents, right? I was begging on everything in the house. <laughs> <laughs> but, you see, you've actually become a success, so it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was really cool. They were always so supportive, too. I mean... As I got older, um, they built my brother and I a room over the garage to rehearse in. They bought nice. a drum set for me. It was really unique. I hear so many stories of women who wanted to play drums when they were younger, but their parents wouldn't let them. And so I just feel really blessed to have had the parents that I have. That is really amazing. Um, that's so important these days to have that support around you. What's your favorite drum kit? What's my, my favorite drum set? Yes. You know... It's hard to say. Right now, I'm playing on uh, Rocket Drumworks kits. I'm endorsed by uh, that company. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but um, Ricky Rocket of Poison started this uh, company and creates custom kits, and we actually have uh, two. I say we because 
I consider them kind of our breast cancer can stick it drum sets. They're pink and black, so they're really cool, and I'm really enjoying playing those. Um, I also have a Pearlmaster Custom kit that I play, and I really like that one as well. So I guess it's just kind of a toss-up. I have all those three kits, and I just sort of play around with each one of them and, and really enjoy all of them. Oh, that's great. I, I, I've seen the pictures, and they're just beautiful, and I'm like, I want one! <laughs> I know! It's so cool. You know, the, the first kit I got... Um, um, they actually sent to me, it was a black glitter kit uh, with pink hardware, and they donated it to us uh, to use ah. for breast cancer consecutive events, and every drum is autographed by Ricky on the inside shell. It's really cool. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. And are those sticks sold? Because I was like, if, if she's selling them, I want to buy a pair. So. <laughs> I'm not selling them, man. <laughs> ah, <dang>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go to one of your shows and catch one in the audience, maybe. Though, okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, the, the we are, and I'm sorry, like I, I, I mentioned earlier, my hearing is terrible because of my, my drumming career, so I apologize. We do sell pink drumsticks at the shows, though. Um, oh, cool. cool. You can get those. Awesome. And what is your favorite cymbal company? Um, I use Sabian exclusively, and I love them. I've gone through several different um, cymbals throughout my career, and I landed on these, and I really love the way they feel. Um, I've been playing on them exclusively, I think, for two years now, and I really like them a lot. Let me, let me ask you this question. Did you find that being a female, did you find it challenging to get into the music scene as a drummer? Oh, my God. Did it help you yeah. or did it hinder you? <laughs> yeah, you know, in some ways... A lot of ways it did help, but there were some ways that it didn't. Um, you know, I think that a lot of people would look at it and be like, oh, this would be a really kind of unique thing to have in the band that would um, garner more attention for our band if we had a female drummer. And I think that that's a really big selling point. It has been for all the bands that I've, that I've been in. However, um, you know, sometimes you'll play a gig, and I'm sure you've heard this too, and you'll have someone come up and they'll be like, hey, you're really good for a girl. And they don't realize what they're saying, I don't think. Because I know some people who said that are, are good friends, and I don't think that they actually realize what they're saying when they say that. You kind of explain to them, hey, this is kind of what you said. I don't know if you realize that. They're like, oh, gosh, I don't realize I'm saying it like that. But you do get that a lot. It's, it's sort of like, okay, well, thanks, I think. <laughs> right. Yeah, I remember I was a very thin uh, person, like five zero, you know, and then I, I remember that feeling when people, and if they wanted to jam, it's like, oh, yeah, I'll get up and play, and they're like, yeah, sure, honey. It's almost like, yeah, sure, honey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure, sure. Let's go, yeah. sweetie. You know, let's see what you can do. You know, they're thinking <laughs> that I'm just going to be like this little, like, I don't know, tap, tap. And all of a sudden, I start locking down. They're like, holy shit, she knows what she's doing. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't know if you felt this way, too, but that kind of, uh, I don't know, it fueled me, right? I mean, I just I just felt like because of that, I really had to prove myself. And I, and I really play a lot harder than a lot of, of, of men out there. And it's funny, I'll get compliments from guys all the time that are like, wow, you really you really smash the kit when you play. It's really <laughs> fun to watch. And, and I'll see some guys play, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, they're just boom, boom, tat. What is that? I mean, rock music. I mean, I understand if it's jazz or something else, but I'm talking about real rock music, and they're not playing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're not really laying into it. I'm like, come on. <laughs> yeah, put some muscle behind it, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me show you how to do that. <laughs> so what would you say was your favorite album? Let's see. There's a Journey album called Captured um, that I just loved. It was a double album. I think it was put out in the late 70s. I love that album. I just love everything about it. I love uh, the way the music was written. Um, there's a 
Steve Perry and, and Greg Rolay both sing in that album, and it's just I just love that album. And of course, Steve Smith was a drummer, and you can't deny that he's an amazing drummer. Um, so I would say I would say that um, I would say um, Sister Seven. Um, their band is actually out of Austin, Texas. Not very well known. In fact, in fact, they've disbanded. Um, but they have an amazing drummer. His name was Sean Phillips, um, who's no longer playing, which is just awful. <laughs> you know, oh, I hate when that happens. Amazing drummer. Yeah, yeah. But um, they just had a, a self-titled album, Sister Seven, that was put out probably, I think, in the mid-'90s. And then right now, um, probably my favorite album is, uh, I guess it would be 6 a.m., This Is Gonna Hurt. And I Who's love that drumming. Yeah, uh, 6 a.m. is the name of the band. And okay. uh, the, album, the album is This Is Gonna Hurt. And, in fact, all the 6 a.m. albums that are put out, I just love the songwriting. I love, love, love the drumming, the production. It's just amazing. Um, and so was, I guess those would be the three. But, dang, that was a good question. And, you know, if I think you, you asked me that in two weeks, I might give you a different answer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's the weird part about music. And people say, what's your favorite album? I'm like, oh, I don't have one. Oh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say is your favorite genre of music? You know, I love Sean Phillips. He's he's my favorite drummer. I hate that he's not playing anymore. I was very fortunate to have the opportunity to let him know that he is my favorite drummer because I don't I think a lot of times people feel that way about someone and they never get a chance to say it to them. And so I was really uh, fortunate um a couple of years ago to be able to tell him that um, share some of the music that I've played where he was a huge influence on my playing um, and uh, get his commentary back on that, which was all extremely positive. And he actually said he could hear um, his influence on my playing, which was just so stinking cool. Um, so, yeah, Sean Phillips, Steve Smith from Journey, love his playing as well. John Bonham, of course. Those are probably the, the top guys who I really have listened to. So your favorite, like, style of music would be rock and roll? Yeah, you know, Sean Phillips is more kind of like a funk pop rock. Um, okay. So it's not, it's more like a, I don't know, I guess the closest thing to something people have heard of would be, like, Dave Matthews. Oh, how many days a week do you actually practice? <laughs> not enough. <laughs> <laughs> probably one to twice a week. I play two to four times a week. I gig two to four times a week, so. Oh, wow. I play so you don't have to yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. My gig's, my gig's almost active practice for me, so. And, you know, oftentimes when I do rehearse, I try to Periscope or Facebook Live and share that out on social media so that I can reach folks and actually talk oh, to people awesome. while I play. Yeah, so it's really cool. I have to check that out. I yeah. I that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, let me just take the, um, you said just go to Blab and then look under, um, April, April, or look under stick, uh, breast cancer can stick it. Um, actually, for Periscope, it would be at Drummer April, and then for Facebook Live, it's uh, the official April channel. Yeah, I'll make sure I put that in the notes here. Yeah, cool. And so, do you play any other instruments other than drums? I play a little bit of guitar, a little bit of harmonica. Um, I actually grew up, if you can believe it, playing French horn. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's really out there. Um, and it's, that's kind of a funny story, too. Um, you know, my parents, when I was younger, wanted me to be in band, and, of course, they wanted me to play drums. But for whatever reason, um, you know, sixth through eighth grade, I didn't think playing drums in school was cool. 
I thought you had to play a drummer. I thought that was. <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, but for whatever reason, I thought French horn was cool. I don't know where my logic was in all this, but for whatever reason, I played a trumpet, and I switched over to French horn, and then later in life, I purchased a trumpet, so I actually still have a, I have a trumpet now. Wow. Like I said, I, I have a lot more instruments than what I can play, um, because I just, I just love music, and I love to have instruments here in case anyone ever stops over. I can just go upstairs, we can jam on anything we've got. I've got <laughs> bass guitars, guitars, i got a piano, keyboard, trumpet, harmonica, I mean, mandolin, just about anything you can think of. I just love music so much. I love to be surrounded by those instruments. So. You need a roommate? <laughs> Do you teach music? I have taught drums in the past. Um, I don't really have the time with everything going on. Um, right now to do that. I would love to get back into it again. It's so rewarding um, to teach, especially um, younger people, and then watch them grow up. I've got one girl who um, used to be my neighbor, and she came over to my house when she was three years old. All she wanted to do Actually, I think she was five. On her fifth birthday, was come over and play on my drums. And so she came over and played. And then I believe when she was seven or eight, um, we started, uh, I started giving her lessons. And then she continued through high school playing drums. And I think she's 16 or 17 now, and she's still at it. So it's just really cool um, to to watch her and, 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 you know, watch people that, that I've taught keep up with it. It's just really rewarding. That's yeah, it's amazing if you can start that young. I mean, I know mentally I was playing young, but I didn't get on a kit till I was nineteen and wow. I felt like that was really late, but yet, you know, I'm glad I was always saying better late than never. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, no, it is. Yeah, and I think just playing in my head all that time that when I actually got on the kit I, I kinda of felt like I knew what I was doing because I was playing in my head for so long, like visually playing it, you know? This yeah, is, yeah. Uh, I always tell people, you know, visualize whether it's music or anything else you want to do. If you want to perfect something, you know, just visualize it. I mean, athletes do it all the time. Um, is your family musical? I mean, you said your brother plays, right? Yes, my my brother plays guitar, piano, bass. Um, actually, my brother and I, you know, when I started out, we had little garage bands together and stuff, and then. Um, oh, cool. We ended up having, yeah, and then we ended up being in a band that that gigged out. Um, for a couple of years in, in the um, late 90s. Um, and that, that band is actually having its near reunion um, this October as a fundraiser for Breast Cancer Can Stick It, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. My, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, but, yeah, my mom is an awesome singer. She, I mean, she can harmonize like no one, just very natural at it. Um, and she also plays piano. My dad played, um, I believe he played saxophone in marching band in school, uh, but he doesn't do anything musical anymore. But I definitely say I got um, got the music bug from my mom's side for sure. Well, that's really cool. Yeah. What would you say is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, my biggest pet peeve. <laughs> I assume I need to be music related, right? Because I'm a little busy. This could take a while. So, um, ah, let's see. Biggest pet peeve. You know, I, I think when it comes to drums and music is um, when people um, say someone sucks. You know, I, I love I it. I think that's cool because that's not encouraging, right? Exactly. I mean, 
there, everybody started out somewhere. You didn't. Everybody didn't start out just being awesome. You exactly. know, you had to start. You had to start somewhere. And I feel that there's no place for saying someone isn't good. I think um, that the best thing you can do is be encouraging and say, "Hey, that was good." You know, maybe give them suggestions or advice if you're a seasoned uh, professional out there. Um, but there's no real place for for telling somebody that they're not good at their instrument and and that's and it's so amazing because it's not just in that area either because it could be in anything i mean as soon as you call somebody a name or you say something like you know how many times family members oh you're stupid or you know things like that and you say no that actually like sticks to you and it like knocks you down and you don't have that confidence in yourself to just do it again because now you feel like it was a failure because now somebody's like, you know, putting you down. And it's horrible. Yeah. Really it's horrible. No, it really, it's it really is. And I mean, it, it's, it's a real uh, life changer if you can just put positive energy out there in the world. It really, really is. I mean, even if uh, even if you still see negative stuff going on around you, if, if you're not contributing to that and you're just putting positive energy out there, it's just it's just better for you and those around you, you know? Yeah, and I feel like, well, then why are you on this earth? It's like, it's just like a waste yeah. of time if you don't want to put into it, you know? I know, I know. So what would you say, if you've ever had one, was one of your most embarrassing moments on stage? And how did you recover? Embarrassing moments on stage. <sighs> Let me think. I'm sure I've had something happen. You'd think if it was really bad, I would remember it. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to think in in my mind right now what that might be. Um, gosh, I, I guess the only thing that can come to mind right now is, is kind of reset. Um, I you know we play pretty much the same um, set night after night, 120 shows a year. Um, and so there's a there's a one piece of the show we do. It's called Tweener, and it's and it's basically kind of a mashup of a bunch of songs, like a medley. And um, this one part of the song um, where the drums came in, I just came in at the whole wrong speed, either half speed or double time or something like that. And I just remember completely locking up and not, and just, it was as if somebody just flipped the switch and said, drummer, go. (laughs) I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. I couldn't get back. I I just went completely blank. And somehow my guitar player got me out of it by uh, um, going to the next part, and then I picked up. But of course, wow. was, I, bet, I bet you it was a you know a ten second ordeal. But to me, it was you know ten minutes. <laughs> and, you know, and nobody and people who come to see us all the time didn't even notice it. But to me, it was embarrassing to, in front of my bandmates. You know, but right, of your peers because they know. I played it. So many times, and I just remember, oh, I don't know if you've had it. I'm sure, you know, everybody who's performed has had something like this happen. But, I mean, I just went completely, completely blank. Just like I, I was like, oh, that's There's a couple of drummers, and, you know, they all gave me some, some kind of an instance where your mind wanders, and, you know, or something. And it's true. I, would, <laughs> I know, like, half the time, I remember once going on an audition to sing for, for the band. I don't know what I was thinking, because <laughs> I can't sing to save my life. But I was, like, 21 years old, and I go to this audition. I remember trying to sing the song that I had studied for <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. It's like, I like the whole section of the song. I'm thinking, oh, my God, I can't wait to get the words. Oh, no, and, yeah. And, 
I didn't get that big. <laughs> I just felt like, okay, whatever. <laughs> but um, it's scary when your mind just decides to do what it wants oh, to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was easily the the worst that I can ever remember where I, where I totally, like, you know, sometimes you might mess up and you're just like, ah, oh, and you just get right back. But uh, for whatever reason, I was just like completely blank on that one. You know, and I was trying to think of a time, like, maybe just, you know, because we wear costumes. We were, like, spandex and stuff for an 80s tribute band. So um, I was trying to think of if there was a time. It seemed like there was a time where, you know, maybe you had a, you know, wardrobe malfunction. But I can't I can't place it because that, that would definitely – I know my singer has. And, and uh, <laughs> oh, that can't be good. <laughs> no, no. That's you know, That's so. never fun. <laughs> no, no. You don't want problems in spandex, trust me. <laughs> it's close enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Come on. Yeah. So, let me ask you a question. When you were first starting out with your band, um, let's say the band you're in right now, did you use social media to promote it, or is it before social media days? What was your favorite, like, marketing and, and public relations tool that you used? Oh, like, uh, so before social media and then after social media? Yes. Or, so or both, like a mix-up of what you need. Yeah, well, um, I got in frog or in sorry metal shop about four years ago, and uh, fortunately it's an established band, so they already had a pretty a pretty thick um, Facebook presence. Um, for me personally, as a drummer, um, for marketing purposes, you know, I really um, dove first into Facebook primarily. Um, I found that, at least for me, um, it's better to focus on one form of social media and maybe sprinkle the others so that you can have a really good impact in at least one of those uh, areas. So I've really utilized uh, Facebook primarily. However, um, I guess it was about a year ago, I think it was um, April of 2015, um, I was introduced to Periscope, which I don't know if you're familiar with Periscope, but yes, yes, yeah, it's it's a super cool uh, broadcast medium. And um, I started utilizing that and was able to gain a lot of followers across the country, whereas, you know, when it comes to Facebook, you start out in your area and then kind of branch out, whereas with um, Periscope, you just are kind of, you know, immediately um, around the globe. The middle of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It really is amazing. Yeah, it's totally different. So my Periscope following is really not a lot of people – in the Dallas, Texas area, and then in, on Facebook, it's mostly in the Texas area. So it's really kind of the best of both worlds when I utilize both of those. That's great. I just did a Periscope this past weekend. Um, I was interviewing uh, Jeremiah Green, the drummer from uh, Modest Mouse. And uh, they, they were so amazing. I mean, I, I, I give them kudos. I just thank them so much. Um, after our interview, I had said, yeah, you mind if I stick around and take some video? And, and they were like, yeah, let me hook you up, blah, blah, blah. And then the drum tech, he's like, okay, uh, I'm putting a chair on the stage for you. Thankfully, like all these lights, and I felt like, okay, nobody can really see me back here. But, 
I was freaking out, like, oh, wow, I can't believe I'm behind these guys. And he has yeah. three, uh, he's got him, and then he's got another guy who does percussion and another guy who does percussion. So there's, like, a bunch of them, and I'm like, this is great. <laughs> that sounds really cool. Awesome. Yeah, it was so Check unexpected. It was awesome. really cool. The yeah. next best thing I found was the uh, YouTube Red that you See, can record it, and then. That's cool. Yeah, and then it can and it can go to your YouTube right goes right to your YouTube channel and you know that stays there. Um, uh, so you've had to deal with this ordeal of uh, breast cancer. How old were you when you were diagnosed with breast cancer? Um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer in October of 2010, so about six years ago. Um, and actually, it was a rare and aggressive form called triple negative breast cancer. I'm not sure if you had heard of that before. Um, I yeah, it's it's actually affects ten to fifteen percent of the women diagnosed, and like I said, it's it's rare, more aggressive, uh, and more likely to recur. Um, the fortunate that is, we caught it very early. Um, I had what's called fibrocystic breast, and so as that um, aggressive, meaning that it's more likely to recur, more likely to spread. But fortunately, we found it early. Um, I had something that was called um, fibrocystic breast. So basically, I would get these cysts all the time, which would make it more difficult to find any cancer that might occur. So my doctor recommended that I come in for screening every six months. That's how we were able to catch it early. And the type of screening that I had was actually um, ultrasound. I think when I tell people the story, I always think, you know, oh, she was getting um, screened every six months, so she was getting too much, you know, radiation from mammograms. Well, it wasn't mammograms. It was actually ultrasound. And that's when we found the breast cancer in 2010. So, yeah. How old were you then? Take care um, I was 41. Oh, wow. You look like you're 22. <laughs> yeah, I don't usually like that question asked me. I have to, I'm I have sorry. To. I don't mean to be rude in the back to that type of a question. But no, you just, you, you look so young and youthful. And um, I, I thought you were much, much younger when that happened for some reason. Yeah. I just was under that impression. Yeah, no, um, I, I like that you had that impression. That's good. <laughs> and did you have any other warning signs at all? You know, I I, I didn't. Um, in fact, you know, when I would go in for these screenings every six months, they would always ask me, you know, do you have any areas of concern you want to point out or anything like that? And the only area that I pointed out was actually on my left breast. The cancer ended up being on my right side. Um, but it was just another um, fibroid cyst on my left breast that I had noticed prior to that. Um, of course, after they pinpointed um, where the other, um, the tumor was, I could feel it at that point, and it felt like kind of like a small little BB, but I didn't notice it before that screening. Wow. Yeah. I, I battled that, too, with the uh, fibrocystic, um, and it's, and it's yeah. one of those things, but, it, it, you know, I remember the first time feeling it, I was like 19, I think, and it scared the crap mm-hmm. out of me, because I was like, oh, my yeah. God, I'm so young, and... And they're like, oh, you got to keep an eye on it. And so, like, even to this day, I still worry because I feel like, you know, half the time they test things, they're like, no, everything looks good, you know. And then all of a sudden, you know, next thing you know, something else happens and you're like, what? You know, I've been going for yeah, two months, no, you know, what the heck? Right, I mean, and, and that's the one thing that I try to, you know, I guess make folks aware of is that if you – do you have um, fibrocystic breasts or dense breasts that you might want to talk to your doctor about getting screened with more frequency because it does make it more harder to find. Now, it doesn't make 
you more at risk at all of breast cancer. It's not like it hides the risk of breast cancer. It's just that it makes it harder to find breast cancer. So it would be easy to, you know, to miss in one and catch in the next. That's why going every six months was really good call by my doctor. And I'm really, you know, I'm blessed that he did that because if he hadn't, being that it was aggressive, who knows what would have happened, you know? Right, right. And so when did you decide to create your foundation? You know, I was looking back to the emails uh, about a year ago, and it was literally within two weeks of being diagnosed. Um, And it wasn't – actually, I guess I shouldn't say that that's when I wanted to create the foundation. That's when I came up with the slogan, Breast Cancer Can Stick It, and I decided that I wanted to very actively start um, raising funds you know, in the fight against breast cancer. At the time, I just started putting that on T-shirts and things like that. And I think it was about two years later, I was raising so much and donating so much that my accountant was like, April, you're donating so much money. It's not not making sense anymore. You need to turn this into a nonprofit. And I was, like, very scared of that. I mean, that's, you know, a nonprofit is, is not easy. Um, no, not, not just not just running one, but becoming a nonprofit, a 501c3 is very hard and a lot of work. Um, it is. I started doing it. it. So, yeah, so I, I jumped jumped in and, and, and got it done. And it took about a, took about a year to um, get approved and cried the day I got it. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, that's got to be awesome because I, I know it is a very difficult thing. I, I had wanted to try to do something um, with my, my other business, uh, License Festivities and Luxuries, which to help, I do a lot of like volunteer work with like Dress for Success and um, as a stylist, I, you know, help teach classes from dressing them and makeup and all that kind of stuff. But, um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so even, uh, you know, anywhere that I could like, I used to, you know, still do donate a lot of like free makeovers to different uh, organizations. And if we actually, now that I could do things more via Skype, Skype, um, if you have anything coming up, please let me know, and well, I'll be sure. Oh, thanks. That's awesome. Thank you. To you guys. Uh, so, so you were actually still like in recovery while you were actually doing this work at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what I did is I, I basically came up with the slogan. I think, I think what happened is my brain was like, you know what? I, I want to turn this into a positive. Um, I know this sounds really weird, but. Two days before I got the diagnosis, I remember saying to myself that if I was diagnosed with breast cancer, that I was going to be the biggest advocate in the fight against breast cancer that I could possibly be. And, oh, you know, wow. it's it's weird when I look back at that moment, you know how you say something like that, and then, you know, years later, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember saying that. Well, that never happened. You know, most of the time, it just, you know, you, you kind of commit in your head to far more than you could actually do. And looking back at that moment now, it's just kind of crazy and amazing that I did it. But but basically, is right after I came up with that slogan, um, we put it on T-shirts and started selling T-shirts. And then I would donate um, the funds raised from those shirts to different area uh, breast cancer organizations. Um, so, yeah, I started doing that pretty immediately. In fact, before I even finished treatment, um, my church had a – softball team and they wore breast cancer and sticket shirts as their uniform. That's awesome. Yeah, it was just really cool. It just kind of spread like wildfire. I mean, everybody really just got on board with it and it was just a, I guess it's just a really different take on the whole thing, you know? 
And I think it's meant to be that you are that, you know, that that advocate, you know, for people yeah. who are survivors, you know, and um, that's really important. And I think, you know, having groups like yours out there, um, knowing that you're trying to, to make the difference, that's really what makes a difference. And, and I even... Um, but I just love the way you phrased it. And I, I got through, I'm trying to think of how I found you, and it was actually through um, Terry Gwynn from Dramature, which I actually yeah, have yeah, an interview yeah. coming up with him. And I was looking at something on his website, and then I saw your thing, there was some kind of an interview, I think, was it Drum TV Talk or something like that? Yeah, Drum Talk TV, uh-huh. Drum Talk TV. And I was like, oh, what's this, you know? And I was like, oh, my gosh. I was, oh, I have to, you know, see if you get on the show because I really wanted to promote what you're doing so that other women and men out there who know women who have been diagnosed and can help and fight this because I think it's time that they find a cure. You know, yeah, and they can really like put this to bed already. You know, like it's time. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, I'm I'm just so anxious for that time to come as well. I mean, so many people are spending so much time and money uh, trying to figure this out. Um, You know, it seems like they're getting so much closer with uh, the immunotherapy. I don't know if you've heard stuff about that, but it's a really smart way to go about. Um, curing the disease, and I'm anxious to see how far they can get with that. That's that's the latest thing that I've been hearing about that seems so promising. I've heard of the immunotherapy uh, when it came to, like, mood swings and things like that and how to control some of that. But I mean, I think aminos are amazing because it's just the building blocks of you know, everything that's going on in our bodies with the cells. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I did immunotherapy for allergies, and, it's, and I mean, I, I went from, like, uh, 48 allergens down to like 20. Oh wow! You know, it's just yeah, it's just amazing. It's changed changed my life. And so when I hear about them doing something like that for cancer, it's like that just seems like the right way to go about it. It's teaching your your body to fight it naturally. You know, just by picking you... up your natural things. So that's amazing. How did you find out about the immunotherapy for the? Because I never heard of that for the allergies. Yeah, um, you know, it was just my family doctor. She has an allergist there on staff, and she told me about it, and I started doing it. I I basically did, um, I believe I did the shots for three years, just two or three years, and, you know, it's pretty aggressive in that you do, uh, for me, I had to do um, two shots three times a week for a while, and then it would lessen and be two shots twice a week down to two shots once a week. Um, wow. I had... I had severe allergies. Like, they tested me um, for 50 things, and I was allergic to 48 of them. So, um, yeah, so I had, and, you know, the chemo actually um, obviously affected my, um, you know, ability to to fight, you know, any allergies or any any kind of anything. And so um, it it made my allergies way worse after I got done with chemo. So, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, but you know what? I'm alive, right? <laughs> That's awesome. That's a beautiful thing. And every day I try to count my blessings, too. I, I mean, I, um, I've i had my, my close calls to, to death. Uh, you know, I had hit my drunk driver when I was, like, 21. So that right there kind of, like, you know, opened my eyes real big. <laughs> so right. Like, wow, you could have bit the bullet right there. So, um and then there's others after that, but it's just uh, it's one of those things where you know when you, you get close to 
knowing that this is the end, uh, how much more you are grateful for every moment you do have. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's just wonderful. really changes changes your perspective. You know, absolutely really does. Yeah. So you have something going on with Amazon Prime um, where people can like buy things, and, and portions of that go to your um, to your organization. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's actually um, Amazon Smile is what it's called. Um, they do an event every year called Prime Day um, for for their their products that are covered through Prime, and they also promote Amazon Smile at the same time. But Amazon Smile is a way you can purchase any of the same products that you would on Amazon.com. You just go to smile.amazon.com, and basically you select your favorite charity and then a percentage of all your purchases goes towards that charity. So it's super cool. And the cool part about it for me is it was a couple of years ago I got a letter from Amazon Smile saying that one of our supporters was requesting that we be added to um, their list so that they could select us as their favorite charity. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, and so I was like, wow, first of all, I didn't know about it, and second of all, that our supporters – wanted it was even cooler. So um, basically we filled out paperwork and, and got added and now if you go to smile.amazon.com you can select breast cancer can stick it as your favorite charity and then every time you shop you just go to smile.amazon.com and make your same purchases and a portion of, of the sale will go to breast cancer can stick it. Well, I really wish they would promote that some more because I did not even know that they did that. Yeah. It's, so that's it's amazing really cool. that they do that. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I'm heck, I'm running a nonprofit. I didn't know it until like, right. order it pointed out. I was like, oh my god. So yeah, it's really, really cool. Really, cool. I love Amazon. They, I mean, I, I just like love that you can find like everything you need there. <laughs> oh my god, I know. I just, in fact, I just bought some um, VW uh, rack parts and accessories today on Amazon. For, you know, for my drums, I, I buy like, parts and pieces for my drums all the time on Amazon. It's just, and I'm always looking. Yeah. I know, and I'm always looking. Okay, I need this. You know, I need this lighting kit from the, my videos, and I need this, and I need yeah. that. And they're like, oh wow, look at that kit, forty nine dollars. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. take it. I, I do their subscribe and save thing, and get bottled water delivered to the house. And, and man, I'm I'm on that all the time. I, it's great. I love it. It's, I mean, it's a little bit addictive, you know, because it's it's. You know, I try not to get on there unless I have to buy something because if I, I start browsing, I'll just want too many things. Yeah, because then you know, like if you if you get one thing in your cart, you're like, well, it seems stupid to just buy one thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking just you know, Amazon Prime delivery with the two day delivery, and it's just like, yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> really wrong. Total scary. Total scary. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, um, how can um, how can our listeners, like, if they want to reach you and uh, maybe make a donation or something, how can they how can they do that? Well, we are all over Facebook. Breast Cancer Can Stick It's uh, pretty pretty darn active on Facebook. Um, I also have my Facebook page at the official April Samuels. Um, but breastcancercanstickit.org is, is sort of the uh, home base of all of it. So if you go to breastcancercanstickit.org, you can get to virtually everything. You can donate right on the page there. You can click over to uh, Amazon Smile and sign us up as your favorite charity. You can do the same on eBay. They have a similar program on eBay um, where oh, you can wow. pick your favorite charity as well. Um, there's a lot of partner partnerships that we have, like with uh, 
Tom Thumb and Randall's grocery stores and Safeway um, where you use your rewards card and they'll donate to the breast cancer constituents. So lots of ways. We also have a store out there where we sell um, drumsticks and baseball hats and knit hats and T-shirts and all the breast cancer constituents bling you could ever want um, out there. And obviously uh, all the proceeds from that go towards um, the fight as well. So. I love that. That's amazing. And I actually, I think I did see the store, and and I think I have to get a pair of the uh, the shorts that you have. <laughs> they were fun. <laughs> like, yeah, those are cool. And the sticks. I definitely have to get the sticks. So. Yes, you have to get some sticks. Everyone should have a pair of pink sticks. They sit, and they should be right on my desk. I can see them every day. <laughs> right. You can play with them and pound on things all day long. Right. I want to keep them pretty looking. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, um, do you, are you ever in the Tampa area at all? Um, no, I really haven't made it out there uh, in a while. I'm actually thinking about vacationing out that way sometime in the next couple of years, so hopefully I'll make it out there soon. Well, if you do, please call me and I'll hook you up. We need to get you out here for our big <laughs> event in October that we have. You know, that's the one thing with the Breast Cancer Ticket. I've always wanted to bring together the drumming community to actually kind of show what we can do to help fight breast cancer. So we have this big annual event called Drumathon. It's going to be uh, October 9th in Dallas, Texas. So Oh, you should plan to come out. If you're planning a trip or anything like that, you're wanting a vacation or something, you should come out here for this because we're going to have celebrity drummers and um, drummers from all over the United States come in town for this event. It's going to be super cool. Oh, that sounds awesome. I definitely will have to yeah. put that on my calendar and see if I can get out there for that. That would be great. Yeah. And that that's actually uh, drumathon.org. It's 2M, drumathon.org. Uh, I'll check that out. <laughs> Very clever, very clever. Uh, plugging away over here, man. <laughs> and that's what I want to hear. Because <laughs> I want you to get as much as you can for this cause. Thank because um, I really, I really want to help as many people and reach. You know, I've got that feeling too. I want to get out there and you know spread the word. So spread the love. So. Well, thank you so much, Don. We really appreciate that. Truly. Oh, anytime, anytime. And again, as I mentioned, you know, if you want those tickets, we'll talk about that later. But I just want to thank you very much for joining me tonight again, because I know you have a lot going on. Girl, thank you so much for having the honor and a pleasure to get to promote Breast Cancer Can Stick It and try to save the world, as we say. <laughs> and for you listeners out there, thank you so much for listening tonight. I will put everything, all the links to April's great causes on the show notes so that you can get there and and help out. So rock on, rock out, and don't forget, it's never too late to leave a trail blazing behind you. Until the next time, I'll catch you on the flip side. Namaste.